Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, Celsius teams with Chainlink. We have some updates on the infrastructure bill. And gold, did it just tank? That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today is Monday, August 9th, 2021. I spent the weekend dumping bags. I've been holding bags since like 2017, and some of them pumped, some of them, you know, are breaking even. And you know what? I just decided to spend my whole weekend dumping bags. You know, you just it's just hard to find liquidity for some of these coins anymore. Just go ahead, look through some bags. If you've been in the space since 2016, 2017, you haven't opened up your any of your wallets for a long time. Just look to try to find liquidity from some of these shit coins. It's just non-existent. Well, that's what I did this weekend. I hope you had a good weekend. And let's see how Bitcoin did. Let's get into those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And I'm recording this at 11.42 Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin is sitting at $45,930, up 4% in 24 and 15.6% in 7. Ethereum, $3,160, up 3.6%. Tether's in the number 3 spot. Binance Coin, 354 up 2.3%. And Cardano, 148 up 2.3% as well. Running off the top 10, we have XRP, Dogecoin, USDC, Polkadot, and Uniswap. Total market cap, we're at $1.85 trillion in a BTC dominance of... 46.5% and a net dominance of 19.8%. By the way, gold just dropped 6% in two hours from $1,800 to about $1,690. And in crypto language, a normal day. Stop whining about it. Just hodl. Hodl your gold. Or you could just sell it to buy Bitcoin, which I probably would do. And in our main conversation today, I talked to Alex Mashinsky, who is the CEO of Celsius. And Celsius is like BlockFi or Nexo or Voyager. Celsius is a place where you can put your cryptocurrencies or stablecoins and earn interest on them. Also, you can get loans from them as well by using your crypto as collateral. Anyway, here's Alex. And we're talking Chainlink integrations, BlockFi being labeled as a security, and price predictions. The infamous Alex Mashinsky. How you doing? Welcome back to the show. Hey, hey. How's it going? Excellent, excellent. You have a couple of announcements for us today with Chainlink. Both of them sound really exciting. Let's talk about the first one when it comes, talks to their pricing engine. How is Celsius working with their pricing engine? Well, so it's important for us to deliver um, the best pricing and accurate pricing to our community. We have over a million users who take loans, buy assets, uh, close loans, uh, pay collateral, and all those transactions involve pricing information because uh, obviously, when you want to pay things, you have to make sure that you're getting the right price for Bitcoin, Ethereum, or any of our 42 uh, supported assets. So uh, relying on Chainlink versus uh, like we've seen uh, different oracles, different uh, exchanges had erroneous uh, pricing, which obviously people got very upset with Nexo and other people who were giving them the wrong prices. So, uh, so this expands our partnership to be even more accurate, to rely on a broader set of oracles and we're super excited about that 
So basically, you're trying to say is that you're going to have a standardized price for people to um, borrow and lend uh, uh, off of, which gives greater consumer confidence. Is that correct? Right. And, and the price source relies on 21 or 23 different uh, uh, sources of price. It's not, I don't know if you saw, but there was a hack uh, that relied on a Coinbase price and somebody managed to manipulate Coinbase and then it co caused the whole cascade in DeFi. So here, um, because we're relying on many, many sources, even if one of them is manipulated by external uh, resources, it does not affect the pricing our customers get. So Celsius has not had any uh, similar incidents where we had erroneous pricing, and it's because we're relying on this expanded chain link capabilities. What do you do? Do you take the average of those 21 to 23 different prices? As you know, you know, different exchanges or different uh, places that you're grabbing prices from will have different prices, maybe vary just like by a couple of bucks, but those are opportunities to, I mean, especially when you talk about big volumes to uh, gain or profit from that. Right. So remember, our main business is lending coins to people who arbitrage those prices, right? So but the price could be as, as, as high, the difference could be as high as 3% during volatile market uh, time. So, so the price, uh, again, uh, Chainlink provides different weight for each one of these uh, uh, price contributors. And it decides, okay, how much weight are we giving Coinbase? How much weight are we giving Binance? And so on. And uh, the blended uh, price is uh, effectively a fair price, what we consider to be a fair price because it kind of represents a snapshot of what the market conditions really are. Understood, understood. Your second announcement with Chainlink is CCIP. Can you explain that to us? So, yeah, so we live in this world of castles, right? Everybody's building their own castle. Cardano has a castle and Ethereum has a castle and FTX now is building a castle with Solana and so on. And really, uh, again, Celsius supports uh, 14 different blockchains. And our job is to build bridges between blockchains, not to build yet another castle. Uh, build a bridge to TradFi or traditional finance so we can bring all the money from there to DeFi and CeFi, but also uh, stay compatible, be able to represent or wrap an asset that lives on Bitcoin, put it on Ethereum, put it on Cardano and so on and so on. So to do that efficiently, we needed not just for us to be able to wrap these things, but also we needed a third party to be able to validate that what we're doing, actually that the original asset still exists on Bitcoin, that we did not create an asset out of thin air. So we partnered with Chainlink for this cross-chain, uh, basically interoperability protocol, which allows us to um, not just create these assets, but also verify anyone in the world, even if you're not using Celsius, can verify if an asset is valid or not. Excellent. So CCIP uh, stands for Cross-Chain Interoperability Protocol. Yes. And, and it's really an advancement. Again, this is open source. It's available to everybody. It's not like we built it only for ourselves. We are the launch partner with, with uh, Chainlink. I've uh, talked about this uh, during their conference. If you missed it, go watch their uh, smart contract uh, uh, conference there this weekend. And uh, so there's a lot of details there and slides and, and for the techies, the geeks can dig into it as well. And the nerds, the nerds can, the nerds and the geeks can dig into it. I want your just insights on what's happening with like with BlockFi right now. And obviously that's not your company. Your company is Celsius. We look at like BlockFi, we're thinking about lending protocols. We put our crypto there. We get paid a percentage, you know, um, uh, for having our crypto or stable coins there. And BlockFi now in a couple states, Texas and New Jersey, just to name a couple, the regulators are looking at BlockFi as securities. Well, first of all, what's your thoughts on the, on those developments? And then how do you see Celsius playing out into like that conversation? 
Well, so first, it's not good for anyone in crypto that uh, regulators are deciding that someone, something is a security or is not a security. I think obviously we need much more clarity. Uh, but again, the, the decision is not by the cop. The cop on the street can decide that you are uh, guilty of a crime, right? You need to go to a judge and a jury and so on. So we don't know yet uh, with the regulators on this case. I think BlockFi already announced that they're going to fight this. Uh, but whatever is happening to BlockFi is not good for crypto, right? It's not good for Celsius. It's not good for Coinbase is offering yield now. So anyone who's offering yield is effectively has to scratch their head and think uh, what's happening here. Now, there is a difference between what Celsius is offering and what uh, uh, BlockFi is offering. And uh, again, I'm not, uh, I'm not their lawyer, so I can't uh, dig into the legal case or whatever, but I publicly on my AMA, I, I publicly offered any kind of help anything we can assist to BlockFi to resolve this issue because uh, we're all in it together. And I say, I always say that the fight is not between us and each other. It's not between Coinbase and Celsius or, or again, Cardano and Ethereum. The fight is between traditional finance and this new uh, wave of finance that we are all representing. So we all need to work together to solve these issues, get more clarity, understand what is good, what is not good, but from what I understand, again, I'm not a lawyer, but from what I understand is some of the language they used uh, was basically what caused them to cross the line. So, so that's what's at stake today. Hence your shirt. Banks are not your friends. Um, real quick, you know, they're looking at BlackFi, but they're not looking at Celsius. Why do you think that they're going after BlackFi or looking at BlackFi more closely and not say Celsius? I don't know. Again, I don't. Or are you just like keeping your head down? You're just like, oh, they're looking at BlackFi. OK, I'm just. <laughs> well, again, like I said, I think they use different terms, different language, and they represented different. A lot of this has to do with what you're promising the client. So I, I do think there's a big difference. Again, Celsius has been doing this longer than anyone. We've we were we invented this whole category of yield um, since 2018, basically. Right. So a year or two before DeFi a year or two before uh, BlockFi or anybody else. So, uh, and we've been very, very accurate to make sure that we uh, comply with all the laws. We have several law firms that advise us every day. We operate in many jurisdictions. So maybe some of these guys just rushed into it and just didn't understand or didn't do things properly. So, but I really don't, I can't tell you what are the issues it's between the regulators and BlockFi. Tell me, what are, you, what are you looking at as prices, man? What, what, what are you seeing when it comes to crypto prices? Look, we're at 45000 today. We broke it. We, we passed this so-called visible wall of resistance. Where, where are we going from here? And we didn't go past that $29,000. we are not going to nineteen. we are not going to fifteen. we are not going to ten. Are we going up to hundred? Are we going up to two hundred? Yeah, so, so I tweeted about this several times. Uh, actually, when we were in the 50000 range, I said, we, we're going to revisit. We're going to go below 30000 People really mad at me. Then when we were at 30,000, they were like, no, we're going lower. I'm like, no, the, the China, uh, basically uh, miners being liquidated in China, you know, the GBTC trade, those are the bottoms. That's the bottom. Just like the Coinbase IPO was the top of the first half of the year. This was the bottom. And uh, luckily I was right. So now we're up almost 50% since. And again, I think we're going to see resistance at the previous all-time high. So that's 60 to 65,000 on Bitcoin. We're going to see some resistance there. I think a lot of people who bought in those ranges are going to be happy to get their money back. They're tourists. They're not hodlers. 
And but when I'm looking <laughs> at uh, Celsius, Celsius is adding record new coins every week, and Celsius is is 90% a hodler community, and that's really what matters. What matters is what the hodlers do, not what the traders do every day. Uh, so when I'm talking in confidence about the projections or, or trajectory of Bitcoin, it's because there, there's a million strong community telling me every day, yep, we're buying more, we're hodling more. When they start selling, I'll be telling you prices are going lower. But you still didn't answer the, the big question. You think we're going to pass that six figure? This year, we're going 140 to 160,000, but we're going to close the year below 100,000. A lot of people are going to sell into that rally. So we're going we're gonna to have a blow off top and we're going to go down. Now, again, this may spill to February or March. It may not be January 1st, but we're going to uh, uh, you know, a much, much higher high and then we're going to have a correction. Well, we're, we're hoping to see that. All right, Alex, thank you very much for coming on the show and chatting. Well, a lot of things. <laughs> Cel Celsius, BlockFi, Chainlink, and the future Bitcoin price. Talk to you later. Moving into today's headlines. The stablecoin giant Circle has announced on Monday that it tends to become a national digital currency bank, a move that will place it under the direct supervision of the Federal Reserve and various agencies that run the U.S. Treasury Department. As you guys all know, Circle is the creator of USDC, which currently has a market cap of around $27.5 According to Jeremy Allaire, the CEO of Circle, he says that USDC will have hundreds of billion dollars in valuation over the next couple of years. By the way, Circle is not the first stablecoin issuer to seek out a federal regulatory framework. Blockchain infrastructure provider Paxos already operates as a federal bank, and so does custody provider Anchorage. So this is nothing new, but Circle could be the next one, and they're going public. That's going to be a hot one. Pay attention. They're going public via a SPAC. And here for some infrastructure updates is writer from Decrypt, Scott Cipollina. Going to clue us in on where the bill is at this point. And actually, it's not about the bill. It's about the crypto provisions that's in the bill. You know that they're trying to get $28 billion of added taxes from the crypto industry. But how are they going to get that? And what is this regulatory framework? And what is this insertion to the infrastructure bill going to do to the industry? That's the question. That's the debate. And here's the update. Scott Chablina, how are you doing? Welcome back to the show. Very good, Matthew. Thanks for having me. Okay, so I did an infrastructure bill update yesterday. It was long forum, just telling what everybody was going on with the infrastructure bill. We are in a new day. Debates happened yesterday. Where does the bill sit as of right now, this morning? Well, I'm recording this at 11.30 Eastern Standard Time, so a lot could have changed. A lot could change. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So right now, Essentially, where things stand is the Senate has voted in favor of moving the current iteration of the infrastructure bill to a final vote on Tuesday. Now, the bill I have, to, I have to cut you right there. What is this iteration of the bill that's moving to Tuesday? And what does that okay. include? So currently, the bill still includes language that cryptocurrency, the crypto community, the crypto industry generally believe would be damaging to said industry. There are two key amendments that are on the table. Neither of those have yet been included. So as it stands, the infrastructure bill, if it passes, it would impose the tax reporting legislation that everybody in the crypto community has essentially said would be near impossible for non-custodial actors to um, comply with. So we're talking soft software developers, miners, and, and you know actors of that sort. So Scott, now what? Right. So following what happened yesterday, the Senate allows for a period of time, about 30 hours, following a vote where the Senate can debate. And that means that basically the, the Warner 
Cinema Portman amend, uh, Amendment, which is the one that the crypto community is largely in favor of, can be debated up until Tuesday morning. Um, the Senate can still sort of vote to change the current wording of the infrastructure bill. Uh, Senator Loomis, who is somebody who's been, you know, very much on the pro side of the crypto issues within this bill, she said that we're at an impasse. And she also added via Twitter that she understands some of her colleagues' positions. But she also said that real people are going to be hurt if we do not change the language in this bill. So I guess the best that we can hope is that the crypto supporters, the blockchain advocates within the Senate, within Washington, have a little bit of pull to try to change the language of this bill before it goes to a vote tomorrow. Is that correct? That is correct. And what another thing that I'd like to add is that this is also generating some, you know, some, some very high profile um, yeah, attention from some very high profile senators, uh, including, you know, Ted Cruz and Elizabeth Warren. So Ted Cruz, everybody knows, senator from Texas, Republican. He's actually defended the crypto industry recently, and he said that the bill, well, he actually said that the Senate was on the verge of passing legislation that would be terrible for cryptocurrency. Um, so the crypto committee has, has largely been, you know, in line with Ted Cruz on this. Um, and then Elizabeth Warren, on the other side of the fence, essentially said that this bill doesn't represent a direct tax on crypto, but it just represents what's, you know, in place everywhere else. It's simple reporting that is in place in every other, in every other industry, and she described that as the right approach. I, I, I never wanted to be on the same side as Ted Cruz ever, ever. But apparently, well, I think I've seen, what is going on? I've seen, I've seen a fair few tweets of people um, saying that exact thing that they they must not like Ted Cruz, but they've found some common ground with him over the last few days. Well, I guess Bitcoin is the bipartisan issue of the of the week. Anyway, <laughs> Scott, thank you very much for coming on the show. Not a problem, Matthew. Thank you. And finally. Crypto Exchange Poloniex has settled for $10 million with the SEC or U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission for selling digital securities. From July 2017 through November 2019, the SEC alleged that the Seychelles-based crypto exchange facilitated buying and selling of digital assets that were investment contracts and therefore securities. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Deemer. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, share, and leave us a comment. You can also send me an email, matthewarren at decrypt.co. Until tomorrow, happy hodling, everyone. <laughs>